Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world, the Sixth Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan. So, James, let's go over your defense. What defense? Quite the model citizen. Armed robbery, grand theft, assault, battery. Can someone tell me what the hell is going on? You are dead. So where am I now then? Limbo. It's a neutral place between heaven and hell. There is no way that this low life is getting into heaven whilst I'm stuck here. When you die, you die. You're dead. End of story. That's it. Done. I trust you about as far as I can spit. You smell that? That's the smell of victory. Closer to hell. It's more like Jersey. Uh, speaking of Limbo, going back to that, how did you get involved with that project? Uh, it's a great uh, friendship, relationship with the writer-director, uh, Mark Young, who I have done four projects with. This would be my fourth film with him. He, uh, he and I have a a real simpatico sensibility with uh, creative storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, I, fi I find his work to be somewhat outside of the box in, in intellect. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's always trying to couch something in a little bit of a smarter way. Um, and we're always approaching things that way. So his sensibility and mine connect quite well. And, um, so I'm always anxious to read whatever he has. He's a very prolific writer. Um, he writes every day. He writes on a script every day that he's not on set working. Um, so he, he's continually writing, sending me scripts and reading. So he sent me this one, and I was really tuned in to the idea because I, I felt like, oh, this is so perfect. It's, you know, it's 12 angry men of my soul, and uh, we're going to – have a judgment uh, going north or south, you know, and how's, how's it going to go? And I've got the, uh, you know, the public defender from Satan and, uh, and the prosecuting attorney and, and then, uh, or my public defender from heaven. And so uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe I got to choose. And so I, I really enjoyed the script and I, I thought it was, it was very unique and, and the ideas. And then more than that, as we get to the end, the twist, um, which I thought was great. And so I, I entirely wanted to do it. Originally, when I read it, my first run, he always just sends it to me. He doesn't editorialize it. He's always very enthusiastic, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't label it with anything. So I read it and I'm like, oh, 
I think I'd really like to do Balthazar. And he's like, hmm, you could totally nail Balthazar. It's great, older, cynical, you know, guy beat up by life. But I'm thinking I want to go a little bit younger there. I'm thinking I'm going to go against type and cast it young and look for a little teen angst, somebody that's got father issues and, and land that. And uh, I think that was a wise choice, really great. So he said, actually, I kind of wrote Jimmy Boyle for you. And I said, oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I see that. And uh, uh, yeah, of course, I'll do that. Because at some point we even kicked around Richard um, Riley for uh, Balthazar. Uh, the thing is, he's so charming, this guy, Richard. I don't know if, you know, if you've been around him, but he's such a delight. Uh, you've seen him in everything, uh, the mm-hmm. gentleman that plays Phil. And um, he's so, de- you know, so likable. Um, so I'm really happy that, that uh, Mark went with Lucian, who we kind of discovered. And I just think it's a, it's a good fit uh, in, in ill-fitting clothes, uh, by the way. Uh, so yeah, that's how I <laughs> I got connected. Uh, and uh, James Purefoy was on there, which I was surprised. I have I talked to James uh, a few years ago on the set of Altered Carbon. Mm. And I was I was surprised to see his name in there because I was like, really? And then when he yeah. came on and that accent and just how calmly he plays Lucifer, right. I was just like, Jesus. <laughs> I think it was, again, what, yeah, I think, again, a really smart choice. So, so not to segue at all, but one of the key things, because we didn't have a lot of rehearsal time, and that was a challenge, trying to build this, uh, because we had two worlds to build. We, we had the, the nether world of limbo, the other world, and then the reality world to keep the project kind of buoyant. and. And so it required performances that were uh, rather intact as opposed to being just, you know, um, built on in the moment. We didn't have in the moment. So uh, Mark was really great at push-play casting, and then he and his casting director, Shannon McCainian. And so we have an association with James. James and I have a good friendship. Mark and James have a good friendship. Um and we just thought that that would be great. And then James came in and, you know, he was going to do British and he was like, gosh, I would really like to try something different. Mark was like, you know, swing for the fences, dude. It's your, it's, it's your game. And so he brought his, his kind of his George W. Bush to it. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and with that swagger and dismissive and, but then when he drops into it, really you wouldn't want to disappoint me which i mean just so dark mm-hmm. you know so that's the payoff is to is to w- w- when he drops into it that it's just delicious i think it's so great and and okie dokie okay fine you know i mean it's just it's it's just incredulous so i loved i loved his choices he's so fun to work with and um and clearly was you know, cool with the role. He wanted to do something like that. And I think it's something that he'll be, you know, he's very proud of. So it's a huge payoff for the movie. And I think for James too. So it's great. It was also nice that he kind of takes that role as Lucifer and doesn't um, make it all about gnashing of the teeth and, you know, Mm -hmm. rattling the saber. 
but his second in command, Peter Jacobson, does, right? He's so <laughs> poignant. He's so he's so terse and he's just you know, he's he's particularly good this actor at spitting out dialogue. You know, he's he's a real lesson on set to watch and you totally get it like, Oh, that's what I gotta do to get back on T V. I gotta really you know, I've gotta really get my David Mamet on you machine gun that stuff out of there. And so he was delightful, wearing prosthetics, no less. Um, and everyone's performance was was rather brilliant, you know, is built on the arcs of each of the characters. You get a sense of the life, you know, and I, that was I think that's really important because that helps engage the audience as well. And the entire thing just really plays against your expectations. Knowing what the, the subject matter is going to be, you really expect it to, to kind of hit these certain notes, but it doesn't. It it completely goes against everything I thought it would be. Yeah, and that was interesting because um, my instincts on set were also to follow suit with, with what you're what you're talking about. So while in limbo, in the confines of that, that interrogation room, the courtroom, as it were, my instinct with the type of character I was was to be very violent as I would be in reality out in, in the life that I had known, to lash out, to break something, to grab that guy, to let me out of here, to be – and Mark kept saying, no, this, this – that's not allowed here. It's there's there's restraint. There's a natural abidance of restraint here. You don't get to do that. And I was like, wow. So that caused me to have to then play emotions alternatively that weren't physical, uh, mm-hmm. from from bewildered to confused to uh, disbelief. You're who? I'm where? What he did? I'm dead. What? Hey, uh, to Okay, maybe uh, to appeal. Okay, can I can I get a you know a free pass here? Uh, to <laughs> hopeful, um, you know. So I, all these things, which which were a great challenge, and I think delivers um, a lot more colors to to the work. And also, in a talking head space, it kind of gives it a little more interest, you know, to the to the play. Uh, because we don't get to move around until we get out in the real world a little bit, and then uh, and then and, you know we're freed up. So, and and yet we still have demons walking around. You know we've got sort of the supernatural element in limbo with you know horned horned demons walking in and out of a set and uh, people being brought being brought back from the afterlife to testify interesting you know so uh yeah definitely a challenge but 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 well worth it you know it was it was the type of thing that you, you love to do it was interesting too on the restraint just one little side note amongst many but um there's a scene with uh the hooker with the heart of gold uh, <laughs> uh angela and her pimp uh, shows up Frank to let me know how it's going to go. And you really think this thing's going to escalate into violence. And yet mm-hmm. that, that same restraint that Mark, he said, look, I, we could, we could do a fist fight here. We could do a violent thing here. 
who's going to win, who's going to care. We, it's better wondering about it, but it's also really good to see the restraint because that's the restraint that Jimmy's going to be confined with in, in, down the road. So I really liked that scene about how it, how it played. Um, and, it, and it served me really well for, for the entire movie, to be honest with you. But all the, all the performances were, were just delicious, you know, just lovely. Uh, you know, I, I think Scotty Thompson, who, you know, she's cool and she's, uh, uh, she's unsure and vulnerable, and yet she's putting on a good, you know, as Cassio, she's putting on a good facade that she knows what she's doing, she doesn't, and she's angelic and dressed in white, and, uh, you know, Balthazar's this, you know, angry kid that is cynical and he's been around forever. Yeah, it's just so interesting. All it is, as you said, against type. You know, it's against what you're you're feeling like how it's going to go. I think if if everyone had played to the type we were expecting, and if the the level of makeup had been any more than what it was, you. See a right. couple people with horns, but that's about as far as it goes for uh, right, right. A makeup application. I think it would have lost that grounded feeling that it needed to be a more believable courtroom drama, which is essentially what it boils down to, but yeah. with a supernatural twist. But if you start going, if you start bringing the fantasy elements in too much, that's when it becomes a little less, uh, a little less forgiving. I would guess it would probably be yeah my experience as an audience member but the way yeah. it was kept so tight and neat really sold it yeah i think that was exactly uh, jerry constantine our special effects makeup was totally under that direction from mark wanting to i want it to land but i don't want it a meal made of it you know um and so because there was a there was a huge question about would lucifer show up in prosthetics and you know mm -hmm. there was and and so that decision was was made very specifically not to obviously and it uh it worked very well and so it it, it did really great uh what was uh, your Oh, go ahead. No, I was just thinking about the conversation, like James and Mark, and like, well, you know, because I think they had to have them ready, and if if James was going to have them applied, uh, and then it was like, no, and and you know, special effects is, you know, you know how that goes. It's like, oh, wah, 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 you know. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I think it wouldn't have landed the same with them. You know, so I think it's it, it was it was perfect how it goes. Um, you know, but those were the types of, of conversations that I frankly Mark brought everybody in uh, to collaborate as that goes. It was really a labor of love, uh, you know, as a, as a group of us, and and so I we all appreciated having a, a word. I'm not sure Mark did in the end. I would say he would. He wouldn't have needed so many cooks, but uh, but but also it all it helped us to discover things. You know, the rooftop scene was something. Um, you know, we were just going upstairs to look for a plant for her to be able to show 
that she was growing a plant in the hallway, and we got up, and the sun was setting. Mark said, "Jesus, it's beautiful up here. What, what's wrong? Let's let's make you know, let's land the scene up here, and it's kind of a really pretty setting. The mm-hmm. two of us just sitting up there. So there's a few happy accidents, no doubt. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite scene, either that you filmed or you witnessed being done by the other actors? Uh, my favorite scene in the moment is the scene with uh, uh, Chad Lindbergh, Frank, because I think I felt like I was only there to ride. I was riding shotgun in that scene. It was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite scene to observe for the most part, even though I was part of the scene, really is 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 James Earfoy's, you know, coming in the, the final scene. I just, I just adored his take on it and, you know, walking in and having, you know, he did it so many different ways, you know, his, his nails getting <laughs> messed up, you know, and it was just, there's a little, there's some comedy that's going on here too, you know, some dark comedy and um, that we, you know, we were trying to land as well. So, uh, there was a lot of fun as that goes. I also really enjoyed um, Veronica Cartwright working with her. Such such a delight. I, I enjoyed working with everybody, but really a gift to work with her and someone like Richard, and um, and to recognize just their their talent. Obviously, they're you know they've been big players for a long time. So it was it was really a joy to to be able to do that. And I remember reaching out touch her face and really taking my time to do it mm-hmm. and her just standing so stoically and each take I would take a little more time because she has to react to this and she would never it, it was never something that she had you know built into a cadence she would just just stand there so stoically and wait and then bang she slaps me so mm-hmm. it was great. It was, she has so much intensity in her eyes. Oh, they're so Everything great, that you know. see her in, her performance is like 90% her eyes. It's, you should do a piece uh, on, on females' eyes, okay? Because I'm always captivated. I think we we actually were, I mean, as humans, I think we're naturally very attracted to eyes, whether it be female or male, but particularly some of these actresses. And, and so you, she's definitely one. Uh, I'm going to throw Meg Foster in as another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Scotty Thompson's eyes are very captivating as well. And yeah. uh, so there's a group of them. Um, you might not want to, you know, um, single anyone out. That probably gets you in trouble. But uh, but definitely, <laughs> uh, she does have, uh, she has a lot of intensity, a lot of fire there, but they can also soften up quite a bit too. Obviously, we've seen that. And that that's such a gift, you know, and that's exactly why the camera loves her, finds her, and, and it's, it's you know, obviously we're the benefactor of that. So, yeah, she was great. She's, she's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to her uh, her publicist yeah. probably within the next week. Cause I, I when I saw that she was part of this as well, I wanted to interview her, but 
they said that she wasn't available for it, but oh. I'll just go around them and I'll, yeah. I'll ask directly because I've, no, I've you got should, a list. Because I think she would, I think she would really, uh, I think she would appreciate it. I think she would like to, because she put a lot of work into the project. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the pawn shop scene is really difficult, was really difficult. And, and I'm going to let her talk about that scene. So I'll save that and just say, well, to complete my piece, I need to uh, – there's some very specific questions about the pawn shop scene <laughs> that I need to I need to do. And she'll speak to that. But she was great in a difficult setting as that goes. And, um, you know, she's, she's so easy with her work that she doesn't get thrown. Of course, you know, she'd been doing it for a minute, so of course she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she, she's cool. She's super cool. Yeah, her and uh, and legendary British actor Brian Blessed are on my list uh, to try to get Oh, on. right. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been a fan of Brian since the since the 80s, so I was just like, mm, I, I better do it now yeah wow there's a lull <laughs> yeah that those are great things and you know it's it's also very interesting for us we like to hear about there you know sometimes we get too caught up in what we have to do we forget that there's some good stories to to be uh to remember and these they these cats have some amazing stories to remember um you know, I, I'm just so, you know, fortunate to have been around, you know, some and several, but like spending time with Jeffrey Lewis on Devil's Rejects was incredible. Mm-hmm. And just based on stories, just on his stories, the things that he would allow. And it was actually interesting because he was allowing them as for lesson's sake. You know, Lou, when you go to work with the lead actor, and you have a, a line to it. Make sure you put your hand on his shoulder. That way, they can't cut you out of the movie. You know, <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so great. You know, it's, it's beautiful stuff. Uh, you know, when you walk in an audition, stand in the door frame so they can size you up, and stand up on your tiptoes so you look taller in the door frame, and that's what they'll remember you as. You know, I mean, just little jewels that were beautiful and perfect so yeah brian will have some great stories great great stories uh i think one of the reasons why i I stopped trying to be an actor is besides failing a bunch of auditions uh when i moved back to hell that just makes you that just makes you an actor failing audition i mean people don't get hired (laughs) they get they get rejected you know it's it's uh, some of the great actors get rejected less than the rest of us. That's you know that's about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so speaking of rejects, today is the 15 year anniversary of the Devil's Rejects. Yep, I, I remember. I remember the exact theater I went to go see that at, and loving loving the Grindhouse style and having worked with Rob in the past, it was such a great movie to see. Yeah. The, the transition he made from House of a Thousand Corpses to what right. Devil's Rejects became so so cult like so quickly. It was yeah. a it was a real treat to see on the big screen. Yeah, I felt like, you know, the Thousand Corpses was kind of his film school and then mm-hmm. he he figured it out. It was interesting because at that stage, 
there were there were four guys, or several guys, but 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 particularly the four guys, and I'm speaking of uh, uh, Sid Hay, God rest his soul, and and Ken Foray, um, Bill Mosley, uh, William Forsythe, that were mm-hmm. so on point, and they're so specific, Mike, with their their work in the genre. They're capable of invading your personal space with a certain physical presence that actually leans into your space on film. They lean into your lens, your lens space, and you feel it. You actually lean back. And so that, that resonates with the viewer and the audience. Now, I observed them, watched them very closely doing this, doing it to me in scenes with Mosley doing this and, and Sid, and then watching them. I, I went to set every day just to watch them work, and I, I'm so glad I did because that that is why that movie is more one of the reasons it works so so well. Uh, the other reason is that the thing that I spoke about earlier is all the characters have this really great little life, this arc, you know, that that lands. Uh, Rob was able to do so. Also taking his time a little bit more in that movie, you know, that was 30 days, you know, and now he's kind of restricted 18, 20 days making a movie. Uh, so so a lot of things went right. That was a lot of magic, you know, lightning in a bottle uh, for Devil's Rejects for sure. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I saw when I was when I was doing my research this morning. I saw that you've got quite a lot on your slate that's in uh, either pre-production or post-production. Uh, what's what's coming out soon that people can look forward to after Limbo? Uh, well, I've got a. Uh, you'll be happy to hear uh i've got a, a family adventure movie coming out in uh september i think it's called um time crafters treasure of pirates cove and it's uh it's an old-fashioned pirate movie arg uh with time with time travel it, it kind of got it has some some goonies uh sensibility to it and uh you know two two pirate vessels are transported in a, in a time machine from the 1700s to modern day Renaissance seaside um, during their pirate day celebration. So they fit right in and the, the treasure is lost in the time travel and our five 12 year olds find it and they're trying to, uh, you know, protect it or, you know, keep away from the pirates. And, and we've got good pirates and bad pirates and, We've got Malcolm McDowell and Denise Richards and uh, Eric ba- and Eric Balfour. So uh, I'm I'm rather happy for that because it's a family movie and I have a 12 year old that can watch it. Uh, and, and because there's other 12 year olds in it, and of course, um, you know, 12 year olds are watching 15 year old show Stranger Things. So I don't know, uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Uh, the uh, the movie um, it's uh, the castle is a ghost story out there. Uh, it's it's in the edit process. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think that it's it, you know gonna get out this year, but it, it could be suspect with the you know with the pandemic and stuff. But it is a it's an interesting ghost story taking place in Germany on a 
vacation to American professors who are married, take a vacation to a castle in Germany that, of course, had been inhabited by the Third Reich. It's very Nazi-driven. Um, so <laughs> Nazis are kind of the opposite of pirates. You know, everybody likes to see good pirates. Nazis, I think you got to handle that thing delicately. Um, and so I hope I hope we do. Uh, and um, but yeah, so of course they're just looking to get free from this castle by embodying a soul of which would be mine. Uh, so that's uh, that's coming out there. Um, um, did you get a chance to see the Endless, which is playing out on Netflix now? Uh, this this movie is is uh, very Lovecraftian, very. Um, you know, psychologically, it'll, it'll you know spend time with your your mind. It's uh, it's it's great, and the two young kids that directed it are excellent too, uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. So, I'm always pitching that movie. And there's a little cross pollination besides me, uh, idealize storyline between these two, Limbo and and uh, and the Endless. Uh, it's, it's pretty great. Um, there's a movie out called Homeless Ashes uh, that is out now, and it's uh, it's a UK movie, and it's it's about being homeless on the streets over in Europe as much as anything. But homelessness is homelessness, so it's got a good social commentary. I'm I'm pleased with it. It, it tells a it tells a good story. It tells a good story. So yeah, I've got quite a bit going out out there. Uh, there's been three movies that have come up during the course of this this pandemic that have actually tr- tried to get going and then they, they had to you know shut down based on mm-hmm. safety restrictions. So I haven't haven't done that. Um, there's a television show I'm really excited about that is again a Lovecraft property uh, that you know we've got some some really good movement on it and I'm hoping we can get that thing uh, going. Uh, I kind of love Lovecraft personally, or I've, I've, I've come to, you know, like his stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, trying to keep busy. That's the truth. And keep, keep reading and, and writing. I'm writing a script for a guy in South Texas, a coming of age story, fishing tale, a fish story. It's always good, and so it's uh, keeps bouncing, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm hoping by the end of the year things kind of go back to normal. I know it, how badly it impacts uh, my industry friends. Yeah, uh, they're not like me where they have a nine to five that they can do and then just do this on the side. It's yeah, just not being able to work and practice your craft is has got to be. It's It's, got to be very taxing on the mind. Yeah, it is because you wonder, you wonder if you still got it. You wonder if you've lost it. You wonder if you're, you know, if you're relevant. I mean, there's, it's interesting because what the the tone is right now is that the independent films will be the first ones out into the deep water because they're leaner and meaner. They have less restrictions. Um, maybe from unions, they'll be able to fly under the radar a little bit more. Uh, so, so the indie films, which are typically the types of things that I do. So immediately my agent was like, you're actually going to be in high demand because time is precious. 
they're not going to take, uh, you know, chances on, you know, people with less experience. Probably, you know, you won't mm-hmm. be fighting. Oh, hang fight. on, Luke. Hang, please. Luke, I think I think Richard's calling in. <laughs> oh shoot! You have to talk to Richard, and if he has, if he uh, let me go, you've got what you need from me, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Just, uh, the call. Uh, the call dropped. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully he calls back. Okay. So, or yeah. I should let I should let you go. Do you want to re re? I don't want you to miss Richard. Um, no, it's all. If he if he calls back, I'll just I'll I'll merge him in. Uh, it's it's unknown. So yeah. Since this is my studio line, I never know who it's going to be. <laughs> uh, so getting back. Yeah. To it's, me, it's, it, it, but now come to find out, there's so many of us that are gnashing at the bit to get out and work. The Indies are actually having some swings at some A-list attachments that they would never get a snip at. But there's people, there's mm-hmm. some players that are, you know, willing to go out and work on a $500,000 movie that, 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 and it changes the dynamic of the movie entirely. These people are going to make these movies and be able to go sell them with, you know, not Leonardo DiCaprio, but with Vin Diesel that they never would mm-hmm. have been able to do, you know? So I, yep. I it, it's just a strange, it's a strange landscape. And, uh, but I'm, I'm really thankful to be part of it. And I'm really thankful that you're out continuing to do what you do for for the industry and the genre and you've done it for a long time you know thanks for being so supportive and, and active you know it's it's important yeah i i love covering indie stuff more than anything yeah. else I, I, yeah doing stuff for like netflix bringing me out somewhere or nbc bringing me out somewhere that's right. great but it's the independent stuff that's that usually tries to take to take charge and do things that other that other studios don't want to do or other filmmakers are yeah. shackled from doing and you taking get that in indie ch- cinema you don't get that in major hollywood pictures taking a chance on stuff for sure well uh you know being in florida you're close to georgia georgia's so busy and active um you know i don't know how it's gonna play out for georgia uh, you know i auditioned for stranger things right away again right like i'm gonna say the end of march i mean the pandemic was on us and i don't know what they they were probably just trying to play through in protocol but um you know at some point they'll get back to work and and it'll it'll be great yep all right lou thank you okay thank Thank you you much it's my pleasure thank you uh and uh you know, if you need anything, let me know and tell everyone I said hello. Richard, uh, tell him he looks good in horns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you All very right. much. You have yourself a good day, and uh, you I well. hope I get to interview you again soon. I would look forward to it. Anything you need, you let me know. This is my number. And go ahead and keep it. Let me know if you need anything. I appreciate it. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lou, very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. You've been listening to the Sixth Sense Media Podcast. You can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on iTunes, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Be sure to check out our movie, TV, and video game coverage at SixthSense.com and FanBolt.com.